to Millennial Living, a lifestyle podcast showcasing how millennials survive, live, and thrive. Was good. This podcast represents the millennials who are resourceful and are assets to those around them. I just want to help. We will learn and teach one another while promoting growth. You will believe in yourself. So whether you're a millennial or not, this is a motivational space for anyone. I try to better myself. Here's your host, Octavia. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennial Living Podcast. We are on season three. This is season three of the Millennial Living Podcast. If you are new here, thank you so much for giving us a listen. It'll just be myself. I am Octavia. Sometimes my husband decides to co-host with me or we'll have him as a guest on the show. No worries. He's never signed up to podcast with me. Um, So I'm not offended by that at all. So I'm just grateful for him to help me edit and help me do some production stuff and have his perspective on the podcast. So I feel like it's been a while. I uh, recently took a break for about a month. Obviously, between two episodes, I usually take a break between season one and two. I did it in uh, two and three. It's just needed. Uh, So if you don't know me in the gist, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and a newer mom. My uh, Our daughter, Olivia, she will be two in... A couple of months. I cannot believe it. Uh, but she'll be two in November. And I'm sure November is going to come so fast. That's why I said in a couple of months. Because the months are just flying. So we're newer parents. We're both millennials. We live in the Maryland. Uh, in Maryland. I was going to say in the Maryland area. <laughs> More like the DMV area. Um, but we live in Maryland. And... We're not from here originally. Um, all of those good juicy details are in the intro episode, like the trailer. Uh, so go listen to that. I don't want to take up too much time on this episode. We like to just jump right into our topics. I know time is precious and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. So welcome back. If you are one of the veterans of the podcast at this time, we're on episode 41. I can't believe it. 41 episodes in the book and the statistics show that if we've already surpassed like 20 some odd episodes we're in a smaller we're 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 now like in a smaller group of people because most podcasts don't make it there and when I saw that little um statistic thing that came up in a podcast group I'm in I was patting myself in the back like yeah I guess that's pretty accurate I made it. (laughs) We made it. Um, So pretty phenomenal milestone. I can't wait to get to 100. I'm definitely going to be celebrating even more. Uh, But 41 is a great milestone for me. Great goal. So hopping into today's episode, we're going to talk about how six figures could be mean less. And the reason that I chose this topic is because there's a lot of noise. And when I say noise, I mean buzz, you know, a lot of conversation um, about salaries and how much money people make and how much money that we're saving or how much money that we, how much debt we've been able to pay off, all of these things, right? And I wanted to have a little candid discussion and give you the other side of things, how six figures could actually mean less. Uh, When you're comparing salaries, since it's an open discussion now, which is great, 
you want to also compare the whole aspect of a situation. And I know oftentimes you don't either have time for that. You know, if you're passing by somebody, you meet them for the first time, they tell you how much money they're making, you're blown away that it's a six-figure number. You don't have much time there to get down into the nitty-gritty of things, right? Um, But I want you to consider some things when you're having discussions with people. You do have time, you know, just to have that dialogue. If you're having that type of transparency, whether in a relationship or in a friendship, you know, romantic relationship or not, um, you kind of want to also ask yourself these questions. Um, I know it's very, very common for people to compare themselves uh, to one another or just look at. You know, and it's not bad, like in that way, it's just more like, okay, I've been in my field for this long. This person is in the same field. They live in a relatively same area. Cost of living is about the same. Why am I not making the same money? And so I wanted to have that conversation to have some things to also explore. So this is what this episode is going to be about. So the bulk of it is benefits. Like what type of benefits are you getting? And benefits, we're going to talk about, um, you know, health benefits, uh, leave benefits, all of those type of things. But first, we're going to get into health insurance. How good is the health insurance that is being afforded to you? Um, Say if you're not quite at the six-figure mark, uh, but you have great health insurance. Health insurance costs a lot of money, especially to employers, too. Um, so if you have your employer that's paying a portion of your health insurance and then you also pay a portion which is known as the premium too, you pay into that premium, look at that as a factor versus, um, and I'm not saying this to say that someone that's making six figures doesn't have health insurance. We're just talking about some things that you may want to talk about if you want to dig a little deeper to have that conversation, some things to compare. So versus someone that might be Prime example, I'll, I'll give you a bad example. Um, a Someone in the medical field, someone that's in the medical field that works for a government entity uh, versus a uh, private sector company is probably going to make less money. And there are a couple of reasons. And I'll keep using this example, uh, government versus um, private sector. So government affords you better health care, <laughs> you know, nine times out of 10, the premiums are lower, Um, you have better options. I'm only speaking off of experience here. I lived in Richmond, Virginia. I've lived in uh, New Jersey. I've lived in Pennsylvania. And I've now lived in Maryland. And I've worked throughout the majority of my adulthood. I've worked if not all of my adulthood. I'm not in the same field, but you know, where I've had benefits afforded to me whether I elected them or not. So I said that to say I've looked at plenty of benefit packages and that's just what I've seen, you know, private sector, uh, working for local county uh, government entities and things of that nature is just different. And you can go, most companies and most uh, government entities, you don't have to work for them to go look it up. You can actually go on their website and uh, look up their benefits package. So the co- I know for certain uh, the federal government is open. It's on OPM's website. You can actually look at the hundred some odd plans um, there are available and then it goes by state. So you can look at the cost of the premiums and how much you're paying um, into your plan. But um, 
Another thing is how long it's afforded to you. So if you retire from the public sector, are you able to have health insurance go with you Um, versus if you retire from government, is that an option for you? And most of the time, it is some type of health insurance. Um, if, I know if you retire from the military, same um, benefit type of thing that you have that you're able to have health insurance. And we don't want to rely on it's great that Medicaid and Medicare is available now. But if you're listening and you are a millennial, can we depend on that? <laughs> you know, when we get to that age, will we qualify? Um, And then what type of plans will be afforded to us? So that's what I mean as far as like your benefits package. Look at what your cost of your premium is. So even if you have a low premium, um, we're going to use the medical field, for example, and you are working for a great employer. You're employed by the hospital that you work for and not an agency. You'll see some differences there. Sometimes they'll pay you six figures and say, no, we don't offer health insurance. If you're working for an agency, some type of contract work, um, things of that nature. If the employer is paying you like a wazoo amount of money um, and it's great if you have both afforded to you that's great I'm not saying that that doesn't happen I'm just giving some examples that you want to look at or some things that you want to compare when you are looking at salaries um, and also if you're talking to someone um, in the same career field or you know relationship wise you want to compare those things you want to actually look at the cost of premiums and then also what's afforded to you If you are thinking about expanding your family, that is a big thing to look at because some places is um, are going to charge you, um, you know, a good rate for if it's just you. But if you have to carry a family, um, you know, the rates can go up. Sometimes they'll charge you like, um, you know, one person, two adults and one child versus and then you have another child. And it's like, oh, it keeps going up the more children you have. It's not like a set rate for family for everyone uh, that's afforded to everyone. So that's what you want to look at. Um, one thing I learned and this is I learned this listening to a um, another podcast called um, the Brown Ambition podcast with Tiffany Aliche and Amanda. Um <sighs> Amanda, what is your last name? I'm so sorry. I don't remember Amanda's last name. Now you're going to have me, you guys are going to have me look it up. Um, But I listened to their podcast and the budget Nista talks about, you know, her journey of wanting to have children and her husband's employer affords IVF as an op, you know, a paid option. That is a paid medical benefit of his insurance which is phenomenal because I, I've heard other people's, you know, stories that they've had and IVF is expensive and that's an out of pocket cost. It is not something that their employers actually pay for. Even when you're dealing with, um, infertility, infertility issues. Uh, so for your employer to pay for IVF, um, if you need that benefit, that's phenomenal. I if if that was something that I needed, yeah, I'd trade six figures because you never know how many times you have to go through IVF. Um, is is that benefit going to outweigh six figures? And I'm not saying, you know, oh, eighty thousand. I'm talking like eighty thousand versus oh, I want to make that six figure mark. You know, everyone's running for that six figure mark. Uh, Woodruff Santos is. 
Mandy's last name. Did I call her Amanda? Mandy. Mandy Woodruff Santos and uh, Tiffany Alice, the budgetista, um, their podcast. So I listened to things like that. And that dawned on me, you know, for this episode, I listened to that a while ago because I was just so blown back. I'd never heard of an employer paying for IVF. And I was like, that is very good. That is very good. It must be a good employer that he works for. And I think he works for a local government um, in New Jersey. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. But I, I'm pretty sure that he works for the city of Newark not sure but hey whatever it is he has a good employer which is good you want to also look at maternal care so the care that you're provided when you birth a child (laughs) so the the amount not just not the care the cost of the care so whether you have a cesarean or vaginal birth you know what type of things are included what type of benefits um you know for breastfeeding families are they going to pay um for breast pump what type of breast pump because there's different grades you know that's included in your insurance um if they're going to give you an additional benefit you know to purchase parts and things of that nature outside yes you can purchase it with flex spending but you have to elect in something like that as well that's an additional step um rather if your employer is including that um in the benefits that they cost uh in the benefits that they afford to you as far as medical benefits that's even great you know so you want to look at those type of things and i i strongly suggest especially if you are considering you know, having a family. Now you don't have to pay for it all. You know, you just want those options available to you. So, you know, they have multiple plans. Hey, I want to start out with the cheaper plan. We're not thinking about expanding our family right now, but you do want to switch. Um, if you can, if you can forecast or like plan a little bit, you want to foreshadow that a little bit so that you have, you know, open enrollment and then it has to take effect in January and all of those things, because you can't switch unless you're switching jobs um, or you have a qualifying, a life qualifying event to switch the actual plan. And that probably is going to get a little sticky with actually having a current pregnancy and trying to, um, you know, switch the plan and things of that nature. So look into that. Another thing is dental. So dental benefits, you know, what type of dental benefits are afforded to you if you have a dental plan that is available to you? Um, Some employers can just offer medical and no dental. And even if you get dental, the dental um, benefits you want to look into if you need some type of orthodontic care, like is that an option for an adult? What options you have if you want braces or, you know, some places, some um, some insurances don't cover braces at all for adults. And <laughs> I didn't know that um, until I was looking at, you know, comparing plans. And I'm like, you don't offer any type of coverage uh, for braces for adults. Wow. I never knew that there was an age cutoff. And then you want to look at your limits, like overall, like, okay, if you need a procedure done, this is the max amount that's going to pay out. Seeing dental or medical, um, that's going to be big. Health and wellness benefits. So you guys that follow me on my fitness journey on Instagram, if you're not familiar, I'm under, I'm on, um, the podcast, Instagram millennial living. And I share, you know, when I'm working out, and some type of things that I'm doing. And you see me post, 
you know, these points that I'm getting from my health insurance company that I can either cash out for an Apple Watch, which I already have, so I'm not going to do that, or cash out for gift cards. Um, so if I meet my goal that the health uh, insurance provider um, actually makes for me, um, I'm able, it's a calorie goal. So you have to burn some odd calories, um, so many times per week. And I think the max points I can earn per week is 2000. I've been doing that for a while and I'm just letting the points just rack up, rack up, rack up because at the end of the year during Christmas time, <laughs> hopefully I can either do a raffle for you guys, um, and give away some gift cards or, you know, if I'm buying gifts for my family, or friends, I can save, you know, that's a little savings hack that I have. Any way that I can earn points to cash out for gift cards, I'm going to cash out during the holidays um, or birthdays so that I can gift gift cards to people. So health and wellness benefits. I know one time I worked for an employer and if you went and got a physical because it's not very common, especially amongst men, <laughs> um, for men as young, younger men or men in period, probably to go get their, um, their yearly, like their annual visits taken care of. So that was a benefit for, uh, insurance that I had. Like if you went and did your wellness, you know, with your primary care physician, that was a hundred dollar gift card you would get in the mail. Like it was just different incentives for different screenings as well. So is something like that afforded to you? Paid parental leave. Oh my goodness. This is a big one. This is a big benefit because it is not a given. And even when they say, oh yeah, we have paid parental leave. Um, I'm talking for the man and the woman, like, you know, the, the mother of the child as well. As the father of the child, do you both get that time, bonding time, caring for the, the mom time, caring for the baby time? Do you get that time afforded to you? Um, maternity care is not even a given. You know, paid maternity leave is not a given. Sometimes, you know, um, if you're fortunate, you can have the full coverage, you know, it's, it's covered fully uh, for 12, I think 12 weeks is like standard, Right paid leave or you can have a portion of that and that's substituted by something called short-term disability then I recently found out that short-term disability is not afforded to everybody um so sometimes you might have to get it yourself like as a little outside policy if your employer does not offer that to you so that's something that you definitely want to look into if you want to expand your family in the long run or you know within the next year or two to make sure you have those benefits afforded to you and if you don't you can go and get your own policy um, because that's going to cover your income while you are out of work and if you can get it by you know pennies on a dollar why not why not make sure that you have that insurance sometimes you might have to just elect it when you do your open enrollment with your employer you know, check that you want short-term disability or if you want 100% of your income. So it can go by percentage. Uh, you can get probably 40, 60, 100. I don't know how it goes, but you can, you, you want to check up on that because you don't want to say, oh yeah, I have paid maternity leave. And then you find out that it's not your full salary. Then you might be a little upset because you thought it was. So that's also something that you can consider.
So I'm hoping that you guys can see like how six figures can definitely still mean less um, in the long run of things in a grand scheme of things. And I'm not saying that again, that you cannot, you know, have six figures or make six, six figures and um, also have great benefits afforded to you. If you do, that's phenomenal. Kudos to you. Um, I'm just speaking to those who might be running for that six figure salary um, you know, relatively quickly before making an assessment as far as like what benefits are, um, afforded to you in the long run and actually plan to stay. Cause you know, you could just say, Hey, I just want to make a lot of money within this small window of time. I have this taken care of and I know it's temporary. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. You know, you do what's best for you. I'm just saying, hey, these are some other things that you might want to also consider. So uh, the healthcare additional benefits, like health and wellness benefits, um, like weight loss programs, that's another thing. You can get some incentives there and that would be afforded to you through your healthcare provider um, with your health insurance. Incentives for healthy lifestyles. So like I said, if you are, you know, on a weight loss journey or you are living a healthy lifestyle. Sometimes they give a no smokers discount, um, you know, for life insurance and things of that nature. Your life insurance is usually cheaper if you are a non-smoker and you are not considered obese. If you look for outside policies, that's a whole nother thing, but probably internal, you know, at some point they can start doing, you know, um, as a matter of fact, depending on how much you elect, even if you have group term insurance, then you're a provider. If you choose over a certain amount, they can give you an assessment. Um, and then your rate can be determined based upon what category you actually fit in. You know, uh, you know, are you getting a discount for living a, a healthy lifestyle? Retirement savings. Oh my gosh. So this is a big one. Little naive me, little naive Octavia did not realize, and I'll, I'll say naive and I'm jo- I'm laughing because I really, what I really didn't know that this was not a thing for everyone, but, um, matching contributions, contributions. I did not know that in 2020, um, this is when I found out that employers were not matching like relative, I won't see 2020 cause I also knew someone else. Um, whose employer did not match percent for percent, at least at minimum to 3%. You know, there's still employers that are matching, you know, percent per four percent, percent for a half. You know, you put in 1%, they'll match it half of that percent, um, which is a setup. <laughs> That's a setup to me. Um, but for like your 401ks, um, your, your thrift savings, your, you know, your different IRAs, your traditional IRA accounts. If your employer is matching, that's great, but not all employers match. So if you're running for that six figure salary, um, and you're contemplating on leaving, you know, your relatively modest salary is nice. It gets you by and you are looking like, okay, what benefits, what retirement benefits are you leaving on the table? Or could you be leaving on the table if possible? Uh, Whether you contribute or not, some employers will still contribute even though that you are not contributing. What type of uh, retirement plans are afforded to you? Uh, You know, different options. You have the option to elect in a traditional IRA 
and a Roth IRA. And if you need some more clarification, like Octavia, what are you talking about? <laughs> Go listen to the retirement uh, episode where we talk about retirement accounts and different savings accounts. Um, and then a big one. So if you're at an employer that you love, right, but they don't offer you a pension plan or any type of annuity. And that's basically saying, you know, when you retire, we're still going to send you a check outside of your IRA stuff. Uh, something you might want to consider. And yes, you might say, hey, I'm making enough money to save for myself. But there are employers out there um, who are contributing to people's retirements and they're going to pay them a pension as well or some type of annuity if they give them 20, 25, 30 years, 35 years of service uh, with a particular employer, why wouldn't I want that? You know, you love where you work and um, they love you back because <laughs> they are investing in your future even a little bit more. They realize that um, Social Security may not be a thing. You know, they want to supplement, you know, with some type of Thank you, monetary thank you for what you've done. Um, and you'll see that a lot. That's one thing that I chased um, for, like I want to do my 20 years and I might not get the full retirement um, because I might in 20 years, um, I won't meet the age for retirement, but that's just something that I'm willing to sacrifice. I don't want to be at a job for longer than that. And we have some other future goals and business ventures to actually um engulfing um so but i i just plan on supplementing that with a roth ira so if, or you know some type of passive income having properties and things of that nature so it's all in what's best for you um but that's a part of my plan that was a part of my career plan like to be with an employer that is going to pay me an annuity or some type of pension like i'm going to get a check once i commit X amount of service uh, to, to the uh, employer. Uh, leave plans, that's another thing. Um, if you are not afforded vacation uh, time, sick time uh, for your time off and you're making six figures, I feel like they're paying you up front for that. That's what that is all about. And I think that uh, that's overall, you know, if you're not afforded any type of uh, certain benefits, that's why they're paying you like that. They're paying you to actually say, hey, yeah, we know that we're not going to give you a pension or we know that there's no annuities here. So we're paying you up front. Even, you know, another thing, I know this is really random, but even employers who don't pay um, like back their um, employee student loans, I feel like either you're awarded it, you know, in a high salary, or if you choose to like go the government route and you don't get as much as the public sector, then they call it like public loan service. And that's what I feel like the program was designed for, for, um, or that's something they had in mind for public loan service forgiveness, because you don't make as much money. Um, as the private sector. So it's like, hey, we'll give you your money on the back end, you know, if the public loan service program ever 
um, works <laughs> for our generation. But that I came up with that um, a couple of months ago. Like, this is probably why this is like this. Um, just my little, just my little thought. But back to paid leave options. So sick and vacation um, leave. And then, you know, we talked about maternity leave or parental leave uh, for the mom and dad. So short-term disability, we talked about your cruel rate and time. So if you're only getting two hours of vacation time every two weeks or every month, that's, you have to look at what is that for the year and then how many days that is. Holidays, um, what holidays are you getting? Are you only afforded two holidays a year? And some industries, it just works out that way, especially in a medical field. Like we do need our heroes, right? All the, you know, the hospital doesn't close. Um, so that's understandable. Um, but are you being compensated for that? Okay. If, if I have to work, you know, if I'm not getting paid leave, am I getting holiday pay now? You know, which is a premium on top of my regular pay because I have to be here. Um, that's a little bit different. But if you're not getting any like a good accrual rate at all for for vacation or you are not getting like federal holidays, that's something that you also want to consider, you know, how six figures could actually mean less, you know, would if you took a pay cut um, up front, you know, what is that going to look like? Am I afforded more time off? Oh, well, that's free. T- that's free time. Not free because, you know, you work to get that time off. But you understand what I'm saying? It's like a trade off. So you want to also consider those things we'll add um since we we're talking about like the time off and things of that nature sometimes okay sometimes not all because you know i desire to make it up the ranks make more money and do less work however sometimes a lot of money can mean we're buying your time extra time we're buying you and there's no separation between church and state and you are a slave to the dollar okay not all the time but sometimes so that's something else to consider what is that six figures or more money um in general going to make me have to sacrifice am i going to have work-life balance and that's something that you guys hear me talk about no i'm not going into full-time entrepreneurship anytime soon because i need that i need that work-life balance i enjoy you know working in my career field excellent work-life balance thus far and i'm a mom and i'm a wife and wife and mom come first um as a woman you know that's just something that i've been charged uh, with as a woman a woman of God. And yeah, I need that work-life balance. You know, those duties don't stop. None of the duties stop because I go to work outside of the home. So work-life balance, make sure you have it. And again, not to say like you can't have it as an entrepreneur. I just know me and myself. Like I'm a very hands-on person. Um, I guess we can call it controlling. Like I'm going to want to have my hand in it. I'm going to want to double check. And that's just how I am. And you know, when you first are starting off, you might not make it big so quick where you can hire other people to handle certain things. And so, yeah, I don't care how much money I can make. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, with my expertise right now, if I worked for myself, that's just something no, I like to leave work at work. Um, even with the work from home thing, guys, I know this is a whole nother topic, but yeah, I worked from home for three and a half years and there was no snow day. There was no, um, inclement weather. There was no, um, excuse, free excuse from work, um, because my laptop was always with me. Um, there was no, oh, I'm going to get back to that later because, that's that expectation. You know, you have that convenience and companies are going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, you can work from home. You can work from anywhere. Um, so remember that um, as well. I hope that this episode got your wheels turning, especially when you are negotiating uh, for a higher salary or you're going for a new position. I hope this is giving you some insight to look at, you know, if they want to throw this dollar at you and you want to know like, Hey, yeah, I'm still worth it. I, you know, I'm impressed by the, the number, but what do, what are those benefits look like? Because either way you're going to have to pay for it, right? <laughs> you're going to have to pay for something like that, you know, healthcare, better healthcare. If you want an improvement, um, to whatever they're giving you or, or an enhancement, you're going to have to pay. And where's the pay coming from right out of that salary? Um, so if you can get the best of both worlds, why not? Why not? So negotiate, negotiate. And sometimes even if you say, hey, you know, if they say, I don't have, um, we don't have six figures to give you, that doesn't mean you can't say, oh, well, do you you know, forgive student loans, do you pay back your loans? Because these companies and these entities do get tax breaks for this type of stuff. They do get tax breaks. So negotiate. I actually told uh, one of my girlfriends, uh, Tiffany from the Faith, Love and Dreams uh, podcast and brand. Um, they're on YouTube. Check them out. We were just talking about this the other day. And I told her that I would actually mention it. You know, she was upset that you know, she got to see on the back end where someone didn't get to negotiate or did not negotiate. And I was like, yeah, I believe it. Me, I asked, you know, you, you ask not, what is it? What not ask not or ask not what not. Yeah. Because you, if you don't ask, all someone can tell you is no, you know, you might feel like, oh, you know, but I really need this job. Yeah. But you know what value you bring, right? So they need you. (laughs) They also need you. They need somebody as hardworking, as ambitious as you are. So when they don't have to babysit, someone that comes to work to do their job is not upset about coming to work, you know, an employee that they can trust, you know, they need you, you know, they're out there looking, they're hiring for a reason. Now, I'm not saying going there with that, you need me attitude, But no, I'm just saying that, you know, it's okay. It's a conversation. This is when you want to have the conversation up front. Uh, When you're talking about things like salary and, you know, job offers, they're offering it because they want you. You know, now it's like, okay, now don't go outrageous. If you know, one thing that I used to do is ask, you know, what is the maximum for this position? And one employer that I worked for was very transparent. And I think that, Um, or 
they appeared to be transparent. I don't know how transparent they were, you know, if it was the total truth, but they did put out there like this is the this is the range of salaries and this is the max for your position that you're walking into. And so I learned that very early in my career. Thank you to them, because now that's what I've always asked. You know, what is the max amount for the position? And one time I walked into the max and I was like, mm, I didn't know that. No, I walked into the highest position um, if I still wanted to do what I was doing and not supervise. And I was like, what? What is this? So I knew that there was no growth. There was no headroom there. Um, but that's something that you can ask too. And then you can come out with your number. But you have to have the experience uh, to back it up. You can't ask for... If they offer you 70 and you say, well, can I have 100 based on what? How many years of experience are we talking? Education and real work, you know, experience. If they say this is the max, some places will tell you this is the max for education, uh, qualified uh, people. And this is the max for experience, qualified people, work experience, and then internships. And then, you know, they keep breaking it down. So ask not what not I mean <laughs> however it goes guys it's late it's eight o'clock I'm recording this for you guys because I miss you so so much but I'm going to bed you know I'm an early riser I'm an early riser so I look forward to continuing this season with you guys it's gonna get busy because uh it's getting nice outside so it's time to Go on a bike ride. Um, Olivia, Stan, and I go ride the bike and jog the neighborhood and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to get a little tough, but I'm here for the commitment. I enjoy being on this podcast. I enjoy you guys um, giving me awesome feedback. Make sure that you do go ahead and review on your favorite uh, platforms or the platform that you're currently listening to this episode and review the podcast. Send us some suggestions. If you want to hear, you know, something else, you know, a new episode, go ahead. Send me those suggestions right over. And until next time, next week, talk to you later. Peace.